Welcome to another episode of Boss Mama's Mindset. I'm your host, Laura Katanen, CEO and founder of Zello Studio, business and mindset coaching for boss mamas in order to ignite your passions, expand your mind, and elevate your business and life. The goal of this podcast is to get real on topics that make us a little uncomfortable so we can get smarter and more aligned with what is in our minds and souls to have thriving businesses. We hope you enjoy today's episode and please don't forget, leave us a rating and a comment so that we can know exactly what you loved and resonated with the most. Welcome back, Boss Mamas, to another episode of Boss Mamas Mindset. I'm really, really thrilled about today's guest. It is something that I have been working on very hard over the last years. And I know how hard it can be for us boss mamas. And that is to find our authentic voice and to use our gifts and really bring to the world what our purpose and truth is. So with me today is Louise Charman James. She's an authentic voice mentor and sound healer. And she's really helping us women express our soul signature voice. Welcome Louise. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you. I was so curious when I met you and, you know, started looking at all the work that you do. It really was sort of for me, the question that popped in my mind is what kind of things have you seen in the work that you do that really surprised you when you set off on this work and you said, I want to really support women to heal their voice. What results did you get that were most surprising? Well, um, I think the most surprising result is, and what I love seeing most of all is when women realize that they have a right to speak up for what they want. Right. Um, it's something, you know, I, I come from a line of women where, you know, there was a lot of martyr energy going on. You know, it was kind of that model that we get around mothering, right? We're just going to sacrifice what we need and take care of everyone else, you know, and we kind of want to do that. But then over time, you know, that, that just doesn't work because I, as I always say to women, like, you know, you're the heart, you're the beating heart of the family, right? You're holding the vibe for everyone else. So nothing lights me up more really than seeing women really get that and then start to speak up and, and get what they need, ask for what they need. It's so empowering to see women realize that. And, you know, I think it, it, the way that society is now, like women need to create work that works around family. And that usually means, you know, unless you're going to be a teacher, you're going to run your own business, right? Realistically, I think for most of us, we end up in that choice. So for women to really own that they have gifts that they can share, that they can share through a business, that they can become that leader in their own lives is for me the biggest um, breakthrough to see women do that. And I know because I went through that journey myself, you know, particularly that feeling of being, you know, a little bit enslaved to your partner because he's earning the money and you're looking after the kids, right? So starting to to, to speak up for yourself, to create something that's yours, where you feel you have that power and that voice again, is just so impactful. And I feel it has this knock-on effect for the whole family, because when you feel really in your power, in your voice, when you're able to ask for what you need, when you're able to make choices that you know really work for you, that actually really supports everyone in the family, right? I really feel 
this vibration of uh, of the mother is actually really what keeps the whole household kind of humming along, right? Um, so, and I know that I noticed this in myself just around finances and things like I remember just, you know, making a decision to, you know, bring some money that I'd inherited from my mother over and use some of that money to invest in my business. And it was such a big moment for me to do that, to choose to do that, even though my husband didn't want to do it. Right. So it was like, he didn't agree with me. He wanted to leave it where it was. And I remember that moment of deciding, no, I want to do this, right. This is what I want. I want to have something invested in my own business. And I chose to do that. And it really was one of the most empowering moments of my life, I think, because I, you know, I just got to really own what I wanted and speak up for it and make it happen. And that really helped my business from then on, right? I then, I was investing in myself. Wow, I really love that. Um, that decision is so powerful and so many women struggle with decisions like that. I want to go back to something you said about, you know, traditional um, families and what we were raised around. This is something that definitely my generation, um, we talk a lot about amongst my mama friends. Um, and, and there's this maybe sometimes tip to the other side of the scale, which is we grew up, I, might, I know I grew up specifically with a mother who was very passive and my father dominated everything. And you could see my mother trying to use her voice, but get frustrated because it was always overpowered. And me looking at that and getting frustrated on behalf of my mother, I swore I would never allow myself to be in that situation. Now, fast forward with two kids and having a relationship, I see how hard it is to just be in that relationship, let alone how do you allow each of us to have our voice and each of us to have our own unique freedom in this complicated dynamic. So sometimes I, I find that um, I, I step more into my masculine than is going to really benefit the relationship. And I know a lot of women that I talk to struggle with this because they don't want to be too passive because we grew up around that. But then if we're too dominating, that's also maybe sometimes not producing the best results. So what is your advice on that? And have you noticed this too? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we live in a culture where kind of that doing active, getting out there, achieving things is in that, you know, which I would call more the distorted masculine, right? We're kind of in a, and the, the distorted feminine is being more of that victim passive mode, right? So you know, we actually want to really heal this up in ourselves. Like what's our own relationship to our own masculine and feminine. And you can think of that too, as those kind of yin and yang qualities, right? The kind of the yin being more of that stillness, that inner time, um, and then the yang more that activity. And, you know, as mums, we're often in a lot of that young energy because there is so much to do in terms of running a household and you know if we're working as well and this is why it's so important to really carve out that time to drop back into that yin space that feminine space that stillness where you're receiving rather than giving right so rather than putting out energy all the time you're allowing yourself to be replenished and filled up which i know is what you're trying to do with the work that you're doing laura right so allowing time and space for women to kind of fill the well again, right? Which is around receiving. 
And that to me, I think is the important thing. And we need to learn to give this to ourselves, right? You know, we may all have a fantasy that our husband's going to turn around and go, honey, take the weekend off. I'll have the kids, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's really like, you know, it's not going to happen, right? Because he's in his own, you know, what I see a lot with the men is they're very, they're enslaved in their own way because often they feel they've got to be the financial provider. So they become kind of enslaved to their work, right? Um, and we're enslaved to the family. And so really everyone's, you know, kind of missing out on that for themselves. So you have to really carve out that time for yourself to fill the well, to just replenish, to be still, to not have anyone making demands on you. You know, I always used to say to people, you know, I feel like my aura is shredded, you know, because uh -huh. it's like the kids want something and the husband wants something and the business needs something. And like, you know, it, you kind of get all of this just pulls at your energy. So creating some time, to, even if it's just sitting on the grass for like 20 minutes is super powerful just to come back to that nourishing yin feminine space where you're just replenishing and receiving. You're not putting out all the time, right? But it's amazing that in my forties, well, late thirties, I discovered these concepts and started exploring them in more detail and how to bring out my more feminine side, especially after spending years in corporate where I felt the urge to be too masculine. Um, and I think that it's a shame that I don't see more and more education systems in schools start at a younger age to teach concepts like this, which are so critical for our well-being and developing more conscious people earlier on, you know? What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think unfortunately, like, you know, our school systems were all part of still to a degree of, you know, a patriarchal culture, really. And, you know, I mean, we talked about, you know, feminine isn't always passive, right? You know, I think we need to exactly. reclaim, you know, that, that feminine is also this extraordinary creative energy as well, right? And, and masculinity in its balanced place can often really be a, you know, can hold that, can be a container for that. You know, masculine is about creating structure. So like to get, you know, for you to get, to get into your masculine can mean around, I'm going to create structure. I'm going to create time. Like, you know, Wednesday night is yoga night, right? That's actually getting into your masculine to create some frameworks. And then within that, you know, your feminine can then relax into that. So, um, you know, in terms of the school system and, and our societal systems, you know, it is still quite distorted. But on, on, to counteract that too, I think there's, you know, there's a much greater awareness of, you know, mindfulness and meditation. You know, there are programs in school around mindfulness. Um, you know, my kids have sometimes done yoga and things like that at school, right? So there's a little bit of a, a shift there. There's an awareness that we need that more. But I do think the systems are still set up, you know, to produce produce people who are going to work well in that masculine model, you know, achieve more. You know, my daughter, like she, you know, she doesn't really enjoy school now. She's 11. She doesn't really enjoy it because it's like, we just do the same things. There's no creativity. There's no downtime. Then she's expected to do homework, you know, and it saddens me to see her already feeling pained by that at 11. Right. Mm. You know, and I know I was very pushed to achieve academically as well. It's taken me a long time to kind of just, 
you know, be able to soften and let go of that as a measure of success and how we get to be successful. And honestly, Laura, I think, you know, our kids are going to go into a world where it's not going to be about academic results. There's not going to be anyone saying you're good enough, you get this job, right? They're going to have to rely on their own abilities, what they're good at, you know, how much they value themselves, how willing they are to, you know, find their own path and follow their heart. So, you know, how are they going to do that if we don't demonstrate that, right? It's going to be a different, it's a different generation, you know, in 10, 20 years. How do you talk to your daughter um, when she comes to you with those kind of comments and, and what do you, how do you teach her those values then? Hello? Uh-oh, I think we lost her. One second. I'm going to see if she comes back in. So I love this conversation about your daughter. I'm curious, how do you talk to her about, you know, the balance and, and the, the school system versus the reality and all of that? Well, you know, I, I, I try to invite her to see that, you know, this is, this is, you know, one time in her life, like, and how can she find ways to make that work for her better, right? And it's like, I, I invited to see that, yeah, look, this is the way that the school system's set up. This is the structure of it, right? Um, and that, and I'm sorry, that's the way it is right now. And, and, and I, and I kind of, we had this conversation. I say like, you know, yeah, it hasn't really changed in like a hundred years and yeah. it needs to, right. Um, you know, it's a bit difficult. She's, you know, she's 11 and she's quite, uh, in that kind of cynical tween kind of age, you know, I know best. Super quickly ladies, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like one minute. They're just this gorgeous, <laughs> innocent, bright eyed, you know, little creature. And then suddenly they're like super cynical. And, you know, I mean, this has been a challenging year right with COVID mm. so um that's been hard uh but yeah you know just inviting her to like I'm always saying you know like you can do anything and it's more important about what you love doing and like notice what are the things that you love and then just you know okay so you're not gonna love all of it and that's just the way it is right now but one day you're gonna have more freedom to do that to to follow your heart and you know and encourage her to develop the things that she's good at and you know with with school stuff and like if she has to do something she doesn't really enjoy I'm like well how can we make this more creative like how can we bring in some of the things that you like doing to make this more fun for you so just exactly autonomy. I love that I also think that you know it's great for our children in a lot of ways too because even working on our passions as you know we're going to be doing things running a business that we don't, there's parts of running a business that we don't necessarily love. I mean, that's yeah. just how it is in life. You're, you know, you, you've, and it's the things that we don't love where we usually find ourselves learning the most because we yeah. have to find a, a rhythm to your point of, okay, how can I make the best of this? Is there a way to make it more fun? 
um, what times of the day should I try to do it instead of trying to do it when I'm really tired, maybe I need to be more awake, you know? Um, so yeah. And, you know, I think that you bring up the point you bring up there really too, is also like, you know, pace yourself. Like it's, exactly. we, we often have this exaggerated idea of what's possible. And I remember the moment when I kind of went, you know what, I have young kids, you know, my son is autistic. So that's an added level of, you know, complex complexity. My husband was out working all day. I kind of remember the moment when I went, you know what, I'm going to let myself off the hook a little bit and just expect that I'm going to do a little bit less for a few years, that my business isn't going to grow maybe as quickly as I'd like. But, you know, just that shift in mindset was really great. Then I didn't have that expectation. You know, I would let myself finish work at three and then I could go and, you know, be with them in the afternoons and prepare food. And then, you know, if I needed to, I could do a little bit more later on, but I'm really conscious of that, you know, and I, um, I really, uh, I, I really was aware too that, you know, running a household is actually a great job when you really own that, you know, it really supports you as well as everyone else, if you can do that really gracefully and have it set up in structures that work for you. Like, you know, allowing yourself to have a cleaner, getting someone to help you with the admin stuff that you don't really enjoy. These can be really big decisions for women, right? You know, there can be, there can be a lot of worthiness comes up. You know, who, do I, who am I to think that I, I can have that, right? Or, you know, that, that doing it all, I should be able to do it all on my own. That, these are really big things that come up and it's really just internal self-talk and expectations that we should be these super women. I mean, when you think about it, our mother's generation, like, you know, going to work, like, you know, women fought to get the right to kind of work. And then we kind of shot ourselves in the foot because suddenly we were working and looking after the home, right? So we kind of got all of it. And, and now we have to find that balance ourselves. And part of that is, you know, being willing to get support where you need it, to own that you're worthy of that, right? You are. And, you know, you are raising humans, right? That is a big job. You're raising humans, you know, running a household, that's a big job, right? In the 50s, women were only doing that. They weren't necessarily working as well. And now you're running a business too, right? So there's a lot. There's like three careers already and there's only one of you to do it. So really owning how much you're creating and how much you're holding and being willing to get that support, ask for that, feel worthy for that is really important. You know, my mother died of three types of cancer and she worked herself to the bone, right? And she didn't get the things that she needed. And, you know, I don't want to do that. And I don't think we want to model that for our daughters either or our sons. No, absolutely. Wow. So, you know, you talk about being the heart hum of the family. I find this so beautiful. And you have an exercise which you um, taught the participants of Zello Daily, our 30-day dose of mindset and wellness. And it was just beautiful. I know people just loved this tool and technique. Can you explain a little bit more about this and why it's so helpful, especially when we are stressed or, you know, going through that, oh my gosh, I have to do it all mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, coming back, you know, the voice is such a powerful tool and, and sound vibrations are so powerful to shift us energetically very quickly right? It's something we don't realize so much how quick sound can shift our energetic space because we know we are actually vibrational beings. We're we're vibrating all the time. You know, our brains have, you know, this brainwave rhythm and sound is very quick to shift that rhythm, you know, out of that agitated beta state, which is our active thinking mode, the, the mode that we're in most of the time and just drop that down, calm that, calm that vibration down and bring you back into that 
you know, that calm and activate that, you know, the nervous system that, that calms you down. It's so important. And when you think how much we do this with our children, it's very intuitive to, you know, shush, you know, have that, that sounds with your baby, um, you know, to sing to your children, right? That's a super natural thing for us to do. So we're really giving ourselves some of that same medicine. And, you know, coming back to the heart and just using your voice in a really simple way, you know, I love that it's something that's available 24 seven, you know, it's free, you can go and do it anywhere at any time. And you feel that empowerment that you're giving yourself what you need, right? It's, it's such a, a personal relationship with yourself. It brings you back into your heart. And, you know, that's the place where you want to be creating your life from, right? So when we slip into the mind, just that sound, our voice, that presence with our heart just drops us back in to ourselves so quickly. It's really beautiful. And for anybody listening, you really just hum to yourself. Yeah. And it's just, um, how long do you think it's effective? Can you do it in a, in a minute and, and still Look, get the same results? Yeah, you know, well, you know, I think even you could do it for three breaths and it would have some effect. You know, the, the, mm. the, the, the meditation or the practice that doesn't help you is the one you don't do, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and you know, I love doing this in the bath. You know, it's lovely to, you know, put your fingers in your ears, slide under the water and sound. Mm. And it's also such a great way to just release emotion through the voice like it's very natural for us to use our voices like how, how often have you felt like you just want to scream right yeah. So having, yeah right okay so you know when you have a conscious practice where you're actually going, I'm going to use my voice to 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 you know move energy then you're kind of skimming off that layer all the time you're allowing that to happen you're not going to get to that point where it's just all built up inside you you know mm -hmm. and in terms of the humming it's so soothing you know to have that vibration, there's actually a practice called Brahmari breath, which is bumblebee breath, which they do in India, where you actually, you know, you close off your ears and you make, you do the humming sound and they use it with women who are in labor because uh -huh. it's so calming. And also, you know, that's really supportive for that process of just, you know, softening the body, softening the mind, right. And getting you into your senses again, right. We're so in our mind, we're not in our senses. We're not present. So it has that effect of bringing you really present again and back into that, you know, that kinesthetic mode, which we're so divorced from in a lot of our lives, right? We've, Absolutely. We've well, I started doing it before my meditation now. You would, ever since listening to your session, now I'm like, when can I use that humming? So last night I was in my meditation corner and I'm humming and I'm also talking to my spirit guides and I'm thinking, I wonder what people would be thinking of me if they saw this, if there was a fly on the wall, but it was so relaxing and so beautiful. And it's just, you're right, like the senses and like tribes of um, many different cultures, that's what they do. They sing, they dance, they move. I mean, yeah. you know, it's so beautiful. How did you, last question um, that I wanted to leave everyone with is how you got into this. So what's your story and how come this authentic voice and soul signature became a passion of yours and a purpose of yours? Well, I mean, I've always been a singer, right? I have always been interested in singing and I was super, super shy as a child, like really tongue-tied. I had a twin sister. We used to kind of just babble to each other and, you know, a secret language. Um, and I think when I was uh, probably in my like, 20s or 30s, I really got into devotional chanting where, you know, you're chanting the Sanskrit mantras. And I think then that's become very popular in the West now. And that I had really extraordinary experiences of, you know, 
feeling a deep spiritual connection, feeling a connection to my heart, feeling unconditional love in those moments of using my voice in that way. And, you know, after that I went on and, you know, I did sing in a group for a while, but I also then started to move into sound healing and using my voice. And I actually do channel, uh, you know, what's something that's called light language, which really is just healing frequencies coming through my voice. Right. And that has an energetic effect on the people that I work with. So I really discovered in the process of doing that, how much stronger my voice got, how much, how much more empowered I felt through that expression of my voice. And so I really, and I, because I'd been so shy and I'd been stuck for years in jobs that I didn't like and study that I didn't want to do, you know, finding my voice, you know, it really made me feel passionate about supporting others to do that. And I, and you know, my business is called soul signature because I feel that we all have this particular essence. We all bring a particular medicine, a particular energy to the planet. And it's like, you know, we're like one big choir, right? And if you're not sharing your voice, then there's something missing in the universal choir, right? So we need everyone to be, you know, sharing their frequency, their voice, their vibration in the way that only they can. And then we have the whole, you know, thing together. We have all of us together and, and, to me, that's what makes the world go round, really, right? When we're all I've never all heard it described like that. That analogy is so brilliant. Ladies listening, I want to make note of that. So the universe is a choir and you have a part of it. And if yeah. you're not using your voice, then you're not allowing the universe to sing and have its music to its fullest potential. Yeah. That is yeah. really beautiful. Oh my yeah. goodness. So own your voice, ladies. You know what I mean? It's just like only you can do that. And that's the thing I say to people, you know, you, there's only one of you on the planet. There's only one of you here, right? There's no one else like you. You're completely unique. So you've got to take care of yourself and you've got to share who you are because there is only one of you. That's right? so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you for spending time with us today and sharing all of these wonderful nuggets of wisdom and for the work that you do. I have really enjoyed um, getting to know you and I can't wait to continue that relationship and learn more and, and even perhaps take one of your sessions or one of your programs. Sure. It'd be a, a, an honor. So I'm going to put all of the details and information in the, the podcast notes. So please ladies, check out Louise. Uh, go give her some love on her social and, you know, thank you again. And remember everyone out there who is um, maybe battling with one of those moments in their life where fear is taking over and you're limiting yourself. Remember what Louise said about the universal choir. And if you need help getting that voice back out there, then Louis, please connect with Louise. Thank you again so much. All the way from Australia, she's connected with us today. Um, I really appreciate your time and your energy and just all of your beauty. Thank you so much, Laura. And, you know, thank you for inviting me. And I love the work that you're doing. I think it's so needed. And uh, yeah, lots of love to all the, the boss mamas out there. Great. Awesome. Well, we do a Boss Mama's Mindset episode every single week. So stay tuned for our next guest. And in the meantime, I'm sending you love, light, and lots of imagination. Take care, ladies.